Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Thursday. First with yesterday's news, I and Glenn ZB, we're looking back at Wednesday. And um, the, the QR, scanning your QR code, is that, is that just a natural thing now or not? Uh, we've got some armpit talk at the end of the podcast, but at the beginning of the podcast, uh, this let's really do a deep dive on this whole green school situation, which James Shaw seems to have got himself into a world of trouble about. Huge slush funds of money are being made available to ministers who can then use it to further their political interests, looking at you, Shane Jones, or to be doled out to pet projects like James Shaw and the Green School. I really don't like this vision of the future. There doesn't seem to be any accountability around taxpayer money. And in this mad post-COVID frenzy of trying to provide jobs and make work schemes, there doesn't seem to be any due diligence being done. If this is the level of care involved in handing out $12 million, it makes me very, very sceptical and unnerved about other projects that are up for consideration. This whole frenzy of handing out money has got to stop. It has to be paid back. I think Grant Robertson mentioned that for the first time a few days ago. I think it was when he was talking about not extending the wage subsidy scheme. He said this money has to be paid back, and it does. There's just no reality around where this money has come from, how it's being spent, and how it's going to be paid back. And that makes me really, really nervous. Yeah, it's it's so very difficult to make this matter to people, I think. The the crux of the matter seems to be, yes, we want the COVID projects, the post-COVID projects to get people working, blah, blah. But do we want money spent on wacky things is that what it is um, here's the CEO of the school I think he's trying to dial down the wacky things allegations of what's going on at the school this is him with Heather yesterday well, what does your school actually do I mean are you guys involved in things like DNA activation and crystal plantings categorically 100% not um, I know where all that's come from, and it did not originate from school curriculum, school website, or, or anything else like that. I understand why people are running with the story. 100% categorically, no. What's the school's view on DNA activation and crystal plantings? Right, so I, I can give you my view on that. Yes, uh, the CEO of Green School, yeah. So I have, I have no belief whatsoever in DNA activation from crystals, not at all. I don't believe that crystals can heal myself. I have been involved in no crystal plantings. It's not part of the curriculum. This came from a particular individual and, and who is very welcome to believe what they want. You know, we're not, we're not going to censor people's personal websites, but that's where this information has come from. An individual's website, nothing to do with the Green School website or curriculum. Okay, that seems weird to me. Um, and, and Heather didn't really follow that up. I don't know. Do you know what he means? Like, that's an individual's website. It's nothing to do with the school's website. But he knows where that's coming from. What's going on here? Anyway, does any of this... uh, 
surely does does this hurt the Greens at the election or not? Do pe- are, are people aware of what's of this? Do the people who vote Green care? What does Kay Hawksby think? He finally fronted up and apologised. He apologised, as far as I can gather, to pretty much everyone. He apologised for the error of judgement. He apologised to Green Party members, to principals, to teachers, to unions. I think he's even apologetic for the backlash to the school itself, who faced a battering of bad press since this story broke. But the backlash has been particularly fierce from other schools in the region. An open letter to the Education Minister from the Taranaki Principals Association asked for a full retraction of any fund or loan offer. They said they were united in their opposition to the funding. They didn't like how taxpayer funding had been directed to individuals who privately own the expanded asset and profit from the venture. Fair enough. James Shaw said he'd canvassed with his colleagues withdrawing the funding, but the agreement had been made in good faith. So the decision had to be honoured. Anyone who wasn't voting Green anyway, I guess, won't be concerned about any of this, of course, but it's their own base and those swing voters the Greens will be worried about because based on current polling, the Greens don't have much wriggle room. They are just on the cusp of the 5% threshold. They cannot afford to lose any votes. They can't afford to turn off swing voters. And if you take into account the fact that history shows the party tends to over-poll and under-deliver on election day, then they have every right to be genuinely concerned. And James Shaw has acknowledged that, that the risk that this era of judgment may well cost him, which leads us back to Labour. If they get enough votes come election day to govern alone, that's all well and good, but they'll still want the Greens to perform because either way they'll want to sew up a deal and have them on board. More crucially, if Labour doesn't get enough votes to govern alone, its only mechanism for survival is the Greens, given we can probably at this point write off New Zealand first. So a lot rides on the Greens doing well on election night, which is why James Shaw will be praying right now that their supporters have short memories. I mean, I don't know about the, the Green supporters. Uh, I certainly have a short memory. Um, I can't even remember if I'm a Green supporter or not. Maybe I am. I'll have to go home and ask the domestic manager about that, what party I'm supposed to be supporting this election. Um, in, in the meantime, uh, are you... Scanning your app everywhere you go. I'm a bit confused here at work. There's a QR code when I get into the lift down at the car park, and then when I come into the office here, there's another QR code. Um, neither of them seem to have anything to do with where I actually work. They're just this building. Anyway. By the way, I've got to say, when it comes to scanning with the COVID tracer, if my, if my phone's not in my hand, I'm not going back to get it. So it hasn't become second nature yet. I suppose it will with time. I'd prefer the chip. I'd prefer the chip with financial transactions as well. Yeah, um, maybe it's his phone. Why is his phone not in his hand? What does he mean going back to get it? Surely you not just have your phone with you all the time? Um... I, I had an issue at Carl's Jr. yesterday in the drive-thru. They've got quite a good system. You keep your window closed in your car. They open their window. There's a little shelf outside the window. They put the FBOS machine on there, then close their window. You can open your window. You do the transaction, then give it back. Close your window. They open their window. Uh, they put the food out, close their window. You open their window. You get the food. 
Now that, so that's very contactless indeed. Trouble is, um, I was trying to pay with my phone. I've got the PayWave, uh, you know, on my phone. And they thought for some reason I was trying to scan the QR code that was on the window. Um, and they were trying to shout through two windows. No, that's the FPOS machine. And I knew it was the FPOS machine. We all know what an FPOS machine. Oh, fun times at the Carl's Jr. drive through I tell you what. And the smell of the chips all the time is just making you hungry. Uh, that's a good smell. Not all smells are good, though. Here's a very, very unusual one to some of us. And it's been discovered that armpit aroma can be a cue for passion. Yes, yeah, you, you are going to hate this. I also hate this. So a new study has found that men are able to detect subtle changes in the armpit aroma, aroma of females who are aroused. So basically in the study, researchers got students to smell <laughs> women's armpits who weren't wearing deodorant. And in the first test, the women like didn't put any deodorant on and just did some knitting and watched a film about bridge building. And then in the second experiment, they got women to read erotic passages from Fifty Shades of Grey and watch sex scenes. And apparently the armpit odour changed and men could smell that they were aroused. It's awful. <laughs> well, I'm delighted that taxpayer money's going on that. I that's know. a hell of an important thing for most of us, I would have thought. And I was thinking that, you know, how you can get paid to take part in medical studies and weird experiments. Yeah. I need to know how much these men were paid to smell their armpits. No, listen, no amount of money in the world is worth taking part in that study, Sinead. Okay, no. so don't do it. I am bright red talking about this right now. I'm starting to sweat, but not in a good way. Oh, well, we can smell it. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder, is it is it really the Seinfeld show or is it the Sinead Corcoran show? I'm starting to think she needs a longer bit. I'm Glenn ZB. This is my longer bit. News Talk ZB. Um, thanks for listening to it. And I'll see you back here again with another bit tomorrow.